Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Redefined. I am your host, Cindy Stibbard, and I am so grateful to those of you who have tuned in every week, whether it be here on the live show or or over on my podcast, which, by the way, I just found out is being downloaded in nine countries worldwide in six weeks. So that's pretty major. And that wouldn't be happening without all of you. So also, if this is your first time tuning in, I am so glad that you're here. On this show every week, if you haven't joined us before, we dig deep into a topic that many of us feel very uncomfortable about, a topic highly stigmatized in our society, and a topic that still triggers even those of us who have gone through it and are well on the other side, and that is the topic of divorce. My personal journey has taken me from restaurant server to elementary school teacher to stay-at-home mom who didn't work for 11 years or had any access to my family finances to now today a redefined independent single mom of two and an entrepreneur and business owner and a huge advocate for being our best selves and living our best lives post-divorce. So if you've been following me at Divorce Redefined for a while, either here or over on Instagram and TikTok, you will know how passionate I am about changing the experience of divorce and redefining who you are in the process. Because your life does not end on the signing of those divorce papers. And in fact, for many of us, it's really just getting started. I went down that traditional adversarial lawyering up path myself, and it felt me leaving financially. I felt financially strapped. I felt emotionally drained, confused, defeated, and truly terrified of what life was going to look like at the other side and on the other end. And above all, through the entire process, I felt so alone. And because of my experience, I believe that changing the experience of divorce is not only important, it's critical. And the work that we are all doing in this divorce space is to change this experience. It's not just a goal and a vision, it's a movement. And I truly believe that if we can get more education, more resources, and better professionals in front of you, those of you out there who are going through hard times like breakup, like separation, divorce, dealing with lawyers and going to court, co-parenting with a very difficult ex, and trying to rebuild a new life on top of all that and help you navigate it in a better and different way, I truly think the entire foundation of our marriages and our relationships can start to change. The movement to changing this experience of divorce and life beyond it isn't bigger than us. It is us. So I've created this space for you, a non-judgmental, safe space for you to learn, grow, be vulnerable, feel connected, get messy, and above all, feel like you're not alone. So here we are going to have the hard conversations. We are all on this journey together of bettering ourselves and supporting each other. And we all feel like we don't know what we're doing. I mean, let's be honest. There's no manual for this. 
So here on this show, we're going to give you the information, the education, and empowering advice for you to face your fears, to take action, to take the reins in your divorce process and in your life, and redefine who you are through this journey. Like Glennon Doyle says, you can do the hard things, and we are going to do those hard things together. So when you get married, very few of us walk down the aisle ever anticipating that we're going to be dividing assets in just a few years. And however, no matter how good your intentions are entering a marriage, for many of us, the words I do don't necessarily mean forever, and maybe nor should it for some. The divorce rate still hovers between like 46 to 43 to 46% for married adults, which truly makes a realistic minefield of broken hearts out there in the world. And the latest divorce statistics shows that the average age of divorcing couples is continuing to rise with the 40 to 49 year old age bracket being the most common age group who are separating. What that means is that most divorcees are now in their 40s. And maybe this means that people are recognizing that they don't have to stay in unhappy, unhealthy relationships for the rest of their lives. And maybe couples are also realizing that the impact of doing so is going to have a massively negative effect on their kids and their future and their relationships in in the future for themselves. Because we repeat what we see, right? So the good news, and yes, there is good news. Divorce can be awesome, especially as you get older. Divorce at 40 can give you a new lease on life while your best years are still ahead. Instead of feeling like you failed on a marriage, which by the way, you have not failed. Divorce is not a failure. You'll come to realize that divorce is simply another step towards success, success at life. So let's dive into that, why we're here today. Like so many good things, this one started with conversations among a few new friends. Over small dinners and happy hours during the summer of 2020, 640-somethings in Tulsa, Oklahoma, realized one striking common denominator, their midlife post-divorce status. Messy, raw, friendly, acrimonious, you name it, their experience with divorce and their exes were varied, but all of them sang from the same sheet of music. Divorce midlife is not for the faint of heart. So soon themes began to emerge, such as the importance of friendship, managing a new set of finances, self-care and healing, successful co-parenting, and of course, dating and thus started a community called Divorce Over 40. So I'm so excited to introduce you to one of the masterminds behind this incredible community, a single mom of three teenagers from Tulsa, Oklahoma, co-founder of Divorce Over 40. Welcome, Amy Green. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so nice that you're here. I've been following you for such a long time. I think since I've been going through you know, my own divorce and starting my own place in the divorce space. Um, and I think what you guys are doing is amazing. I think actually what, what, what attracted to me, I think first to your page was like your beautiful photography, like all three of you who started this are like stunning. And I would look at your black and white pictures and think, Oh my gosh, <laughs> 
gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. So let's tell me, let's go into a little bit about, you know, before we get into this amazing platform that you've created is, you know, about, about you, about your personal divorce story and sort of what, what led you here? Well, thank you again for having me. And thank you about the pictures. It's so funny. That is a piece of social media. You know, pictures can say so much more than words visually and faster. And we really figured out that that FOMO, fear of missing out, is a real thing. So that actually (laughs) played a piece in filling content and finding people. So that will that will tie in later. So we 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 had a reason behind putting so many pictures out there. But, um, you know, I never I'm one of those people that I never thought I would get divorced. I'm sure everyone feels that way on their wedding day. And I can only tell you that I truly, truly was um, surprised and never thought that this would be my life. Um, uh, marriage does not run in my family. I felt like I was one of the first. My cousin, who's two years older than me, was honestly one of the first in my entire family. It just, uh, both of my, uh, my parents, both sides of both sets of grandparents, aunts and uncles, then, uh, going outwards. It just, everyone's married. So, um, other, like I said, other than my cousin, it just didn't really happen. So, uh, personally I had kind of followed in my parents' footsteps. I, uh, went to college looking not only to get a degree, which I did, but I was also looking for a, a, a person. I was, I was kind of, uh, I, I remember having the specific intention my freshman year of, um, I, you know, I'm really going to keep my eye out for my future husband. <laughs> and I had a lot of fun, uh, in college. It was a great time, especially got a lot of fun out my freshman year and very beginning of my sophomore year met, uh, my ex-husband and I was 19. He was 21 at the time. Mm, we got young. Married. Yes, we we got married after I graduated from college. I um, I knew, and that was a goal that I wanted to finish, and that that was the plan the entire time. But I did not. I I graduated in December, got married in January, did not um, ever have an apartment. I you wasted from, no time. No, <laughs> now I just think that's crazy. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's not that I don't recommend it. I, I it's and it's not a regret either. It's just. I, I needed, we all, I think, need time to just go out there and experience ourselves. And I didn't really even know what Amy, who Amy was. I was mm-hmm. scared in many ways to just be on my own. I, I, I recognize that now. And I knew that then that I was looking for the next safe place to go. I, there was just, there's something in me that at that, especially at that time that was really looking for security. And so I got married. I was 22 when I got married. I turned 23 nine days later, um, actually on our honeymoon. And in essence, we grew up together. So, uh, he and I did. We were married for 20 years and wow. three, had three kids early. We yeah. did that on purpose. We had had the third one. They were all close together by the time I turned 30. And that was the plan. We specifically said, let's have them close together and young so that right now in our mid forties, we could be 
starting to experience exactly what I am now. Oh, I have more time on my hands. I have, we have a little bit more money. We can go do things that we want to do and have time to travel. And that was the plan, Mm -hmm. um, which I guess is still kind of happening, but uh, (laughs) anyway, there was, so the first, our, our marriage was kind of broken up into two halves. The first, um, probably seven or so years was really good. We were building our, um, family. We, he was experiencing job growth and kind of figuring himself out. We were figuring out finances, all of those things that you normally do. Um, it was loving relationship. I always, I still think he's a funny guy. I, um, always enjoyed his company. We laughed a lot. Um, and then we were the kind of the fork in the road, if you will, was we were involved in a, um, automobile accident, there was a fatality accident. The boy that hit us um, was he was killed instantly. And oh I God. spent three months and two days in the hospital as a result of that accident. And that was a turning point in a lot of ways. It affected every single facet of our life. I mean, you name it, it affected it just just absolutely every single thing. But in terms of um, how it affected our relationship, at that point, I think I became a burden to him. And I, or at least that's how I felt. I felt like he no longer saw me as a desirable um, wife, that I was more, uh, he was kind of my caregiver at times. Mm. Um, he wasn't an exceptional nurse and he he would probably admit that, um, but he did the best he could. I know that for sure. Um, it, it was a very, very difficult situation. And I just never really felt that I could a hundred percent be myself. I was always that new self. I was always trying to be the old me or Mm. seem like I felt good. I had a lot, a lot of injuries and had to have a lot of physical therapy and a few surgeries after, and just a lot of things that required patience and time and just, just a different way of life. And I think that was really hard. Mm-hmm. So that just little bit by little bit, we led parallel lives, I guess you could say. And I didn't lean on him as much emotionally anymore. And honestly, um, and it usually doesn't make me kind of get upset, but I mm-hmm. leaned on myself. I really, yeah. I um, really became a little bit closer to my parents as a result of it and friends and things like that. But I really started putting up walls and I will admit that I um, kind of closed myself in uh, just out of safety. And I can see why now um, that when he, his needs were not being met. And when he went to a work event and met someone that she probably um, holds all the qualities that I was lacking, she was, had them. And um, anyway, so he, he, they're married now. And um, I didn't really see it. I, I, I did not see it coming at all. It was kind of happening before my eyes of in a very, very short period of time when, um, he met her to when he told me, um, you know, Amy, I've filed for divorce. We're telling the kids tonight and I've oh, got wow. a Holy cow. Yes. It was just delivered upon me. And I got him to wait on telling the kids, but he, um, 
he, he had already, I mean, it was, it was, there was, I offered counseling. Um, let's try again. Surely you don't mean this, but it was, it was a done decision mm-hmm. for sure. But anyway, that's, and that's wow. how it went. <laughs> that's, that's a heart wrenching story. Oh my God. And it was like, it's like full steam ahead too. And that decision has been made sort of without your consultation almost. I mean, clearly even by the way you tell your story, you could tell that there were things going on in your marriage and you guys were definitely growing in two different directions. And it's such a test on a marriage. I think like when shit goes totally sideways and hits the fan and you hit rock bottom, like that's when you really know how is this? Can we survive this? Like, what kind of person are you and who am I? And how do we show up for each other during the hardest, darkest moments, you know, and that sometimes that's a defining factor between are we going to make it or are we not? And maybe sometimes that's the light that we need to see of, okay, maybe this isn't the direction that you wanted it. But would this be something, you know, that could be an opportunity for you? Like, it sounds like you don't regret it, but you, you know, you, you wish you would have had more, you, more time to maybe process what was oh, happening absolutely. and have some decision making. Oh, <laughs> I, had, I had no power. No, all power was taken from me at that time. And that was that was just a, a complete and total uh, byproduct. I mean, I had lived that life for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. I, I often, and I, I will admit that I gave him a lot of power too. I trusted him. He was, he's an alpha male. He's always been a, a leader mentality. He's very, very good. He would, if he was on a jury, he is definitely the type of person that would walk in and say, you know, I think I'll be the foreman. Um, he's just that way. And I liked that. That was such a, um, that was one of my innate things that I was drawn to him in the beginning. It eased my anxiety to know he was always the decision maker. So in his defense for that, he was only doing exactly what he had done every other time. You know, this Mm -hmm. isn't going well. I don't really want to be with her anymore. Her meaning me. And so these are the steps I need to take. You need to meet with an attorney. You need to file it. I've already done it. Here you go. It just happened to be. Wow extremely big life decision. Now he didn't tell me necessarily, uh, it wasn't really with malice intent or it was, it was so indifferent. So it was, it was a really weird, it was a, such a, it was like a meeting. He, he, uh, sat down in a weird chair that he had never sat in. He looked at his watch and said, Oh shoot, I need to be somewhere. We only have about 20 minutes to talk about this and I need to go. And that's just exactly how it went. But it was, it was, I was just a a check off in what he needed to do to get to the next step. Wow. So it sounds like he already really severed his emotional ties with all of it too. And not even giving you a chance to process like that's a, that's a massive piece of news to have to digest in 20 minutes. Oh yes. Yes. And now I, you know, I'm like, I, he came back and we talked about it some more. It was already, already decided, but I, I, I probably process a little bit better by myself as I told you if, uh, just, you know, a few minutes ago that I tend to kind of rely on myself. And I, I remember just 
I sat in my car because I didn't want my kids to hear me talking. I called some people on the phone and was, you know, crying and talking out loud, but I was sitting inside my car for probably four hours and I just needed to talk it out. And it, it, I swear I was in shock for two weeks. Oh my God. At least I would think. Yeah. I mean, I see this happening for months and months. Some people still aren't even at the acceptance stage for a year or more into the process. So what happened for you? Like right after that moment, clearly the decision that your marriage was over was made for you. And what did you do next? Cause that piece, I remember even for myself of like the, Oh my God, what do I do now? Um, even though I actually chose to leave my marriage, but it was like, still, I was like, what do I do now? You know, what did you do next? The, that was on a Sunday and I made it through Sunday. I called two people that I knew would be an emotional support, my very best friend. And I actually called my father-in-law, my ex-husband's dad. And for reasons that I knew that he would basically say, yeah, I saw this coming. And that was, that was, I, I, I just knew in my heart that that was, he, he, he was able to listen and um, he didn't really, he never, ever has taken sides. He's just a great listener. Um, but anyway, so I got through Sunday and then on Monday, I remember thinking exactly like you, you know, what am I going to do now? And my initial on Sunday feeling was I'm probably going to be living under a bridge. I'm probably going to have a box. A <laughs> I meant exactly box. that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to live under a bridge. So anything yeah. above that was success. Anything that wasn't homeless with nothing to my name was going, was going to, everything else was going to be okay. And by the time I started making a mental list of the people, other people that, um, had gone through or were going through divorce. I called them actually before I told my, I told my parents on that Monday, um, which was really, really, really hard, but mm -hmm. I needed to talk to some people before. And that's the link for me with, and I'm, I'm not even saying this in plugging divorced over 40. I'm just saying people that are going through a trauma, find other people that can relate to you because mm -hmm. that's the link that I needed. I needed to, even though my parents were and my best friend, who's still married when I called her, um, she's never been divorced. My parents have never been divorced. They could only, they were emotionally supportive in spades and they were wonderful, but I needed to talk to people that were saying things of, I get it. I understand it. These are the things you need to do. This is why helping me. And that yes. was what I needed just as much as, you know, here's a tissue and, oh my God, what are we going to do? I mean, my mom yeah. was my mom was like, I could tell that she was like losing it with me, you know, so to speak, yeah. whereas my dad is more, um, under, uh, that's just his mentality is, you know, like a, a problem solver, but, and it, it reminded me a little bit of back to the, the car accident is I would tell people, you know, I don't need you 
to tell me how bad this is or how scary this is. I already know that. I'm I I need now you know people that we're going to like let's let's shift this a little bit and start I, I can be sad on my own. I've got that covered. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be strong together and try. I'm not saying we have to act like we're fine, but listen and really like let's figure out how we can go forward in the steps. It was harder to be in the muck and just stay down in there. I needed someone that was going to help me like pull myself out of that and figure out what's next. Oh my gosh. That is so important. The people that you surround yourself during that process, you know, it sounds like to you, you had some people who at least kind of understood the divorce process and had been down that path before. And I think that, you know, that is super important and being able to be discerning a little bit with like who those people are, are they going to just go on the hate train with me of like, hating on, you know, my now ex-husband and, you know, we're going to go down that path of being like victims on this, you know, on this bus, or are we going to, you know, I need some navigation of like, how can I get through this so that I can start to move to the other side? And it is important to have those people understand. Cause I mean, even for me, there's no way I'd be a divorce coach had I not been divorced because I can't understand what that felt like before I went through it myself. I had the concept of it, but on that emotional level, nobody understands what that truly feels like until you go through it. And as much as your friends, you know, want to be supportive um, and your family too, it's really hard to have that really in-depth connection. And so you feel super alone. I mean, for me, I was, I was the beginning of probably one of the first, if not the first of all of our friend groups to get divorced. So I was like, everyone like, whoa, backed up. Like we are, we are hands off of this one. Like what is going on? This is, maybe this is contagious. Like we don't want this happening to us. And it was just like the most loneliest, scary experience because all I really had was myself. And, you know, my family was incredible through it. My parents were divorced too, um, but you know they're really solid and supportive. But I, I really lacked that group of people, like you're saying, like a divorced over forty group that provides of other people who have been there and can say, yeah, you know, this is shitty, but you know what, this is going to get better. And this is kind of what you can do. Mm -hmm. Well, and I immediately just, and I know God put it on my heart of find other people. It was really interesting that the summer before I um, was, it was all happening around um, August kind of September when um, he was having an affair with this woman and I was realizing it, but in June and July, I had, I knew in my heart that I was, it was a, it was a direct, it came into my brain of, um, go find other people, find other women, friends to be around. And I know now that it was going to be a safety net for me. And I had done that with three distinct women that all, uh, two of them were already divorced and one was um, in the process, but I didn't know that yet. And it was just very interesting that, and they didn't all know each other. So I was a little bit of this newbie glue that popped up that said to these three different one, there's four of us and we call ourselves the first wife club. And all of our kids are, we each have one child that's in the same grade at our school. And when the uh, Christmas party came around that year and all the moms go to the Christmas party and exchange gifts, we were the only four that 
were divorced and didn't really have any family to rush off to. And so we kind of stuck around and we were sitting on these stairs and I'm introducing them. And we really did. And still, that's truly, truly my best friends are those three ladies of getting it and understanding they are the ones who showed me and told me what a decree was. I had, I didn't even, I was like, did you say degree? (laughs) I didn't even know what the right words were or that, you know, who is a good attorney? Um, what should I, what, what's a temporary order? I knew nothing, nothing. It just, that wasn't in my vocabulary of my day to day. I didn't even know, you know, some of the things, the two, the things that you can do and some of the things you can't do. I, you know, he would, um, my ex-husband would just like walk in the house after he had moved out. And, you know, that would set us all just on this emotional roller coaster. And one of them said, you have the right to say you can't do that anymore without, mm-hmm. you know, telling us or, you know, just things that I just, you know, I just had let him decide things as I previously said, and he, he it, it surprised him when I sure started putting up some boundaries. That's yeah. for sure. These yeah. other people helped teach me. And I think that 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 support system is so important. And we're just going to go to a quick commercial break. But after we come back, I want to hear more about what you have done and how you got to where you are today. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. If you have a question for Cindy or her guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here is Cindy Stibbard. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am here with Amy Green, co-founder of this amazing platform called Divorced Over 40. Divorced Over 40 has groups in over 55 cities and seven countries. And Amy and her crew are working to change the stigma of divorce and help people to heal themselves through focusing on friendships, fun things to do, and looking to experts to guide them through their post-divorce life. So welcome back, Amy. 
Thank you. Yeah. Let's continue this, this path. Cause I love this trajectory. I never say that word, right. <laughs> that we're on about surrounding yourself with the right support system as you're going through a divorce and really being able to connect with people who can truly empathize with what you're going through. And, you know, you were just describing how you started to surround yourself with people who could really help boost you up, help send you in the right direction. And and help give you that, you know, the important advice that you need to get you moving forward. And so through that process, you know, you somehow all of a sudden miraculously came up with this fantastic platform that is massively international today, but there must've been, what was the defining factor that started that? You know, I, I read about how, you know, started around conversations at a dinner table one day. And so after your divorce, how long did it take you to really connect with other people to a place where you guys decided, you know, we're going to create something out there that other people can feel that they're connected to like we do. It all happened organically, which is what's really cool. Um, straight out of the gate, I when I got divorced, I had uh, started figuring out, okay, these people are single. These people are available. They're fun. Um, I hadn't yet met the Divorced Over 40 group yet. So I'm still kind of going through my friends. Um, I had some new guy friends in there, kind of dated a guy that I worked with, and he was kind of wilder and younger, and I enjoyed kind of some new free and uh, realized that um, there is fun things to do out there that I hadn't got to yet experience. Well, he was a bit of a problem, so I needed to le- get him to go to the side. He, wa- he wasn't the best fit for me, but it through, a, through him, through other people, led a chain of uh, meeting a new group of people when we, the pandemic was happening. We, um, the six of us, met each other through the dinners and the, the cookouts that people were having kind of behind closed doors. But no one was going out, so people were doing it at people's homes. And we were all um, definitely probably 40 plus and single, mostly divorced people who were getting together. And we kind of congregated with each other and found each other humor and fun um, things as the as the slowly as the months are going by and things are in Oklahoma starting to open back up that summer. And we just realized what a connective tissue we had through friendship. And we had a couple of guys and some women in there. So we had both sexes and nobody really cross dated. So it was a safe space to really tell our stories and get feedback from both sides. And we just really realized there's a lot of humor here and what an important piece that is to it. And so we thought at first, oh, we'll just we'll, we wanted to maybe put our stories out there because there was a lot of really funny things that had happened that uh, surely this would be entertaining to the world at large. And so we started the Instagram page and then Facebook shortly after that, because we wanted to have events with it, our own events. And we needed a place to uh, publicize them and get people to come, which was Facebook. And we realized what a great group you can put together on Facebook and then put your ideas out there through Instagram. So it just varies. And as we realized, okay, humor isn't necessarily going to work longevity wise and 
There's only so many, and I didn't really have that many funny sex stories or (laughs) catfish type things, or, I mean, that was only going to go so far without just, and exposing ourselves. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many self-depreciating stories that you can tell before you're like, okay, okay, okay. Enough, enough. Yeah. And so in, in order to explain why we're single, we needed to say how we got to that point of sharing our divorce story. And the first people that join your page are your friends and family. So mm-hmm. uh, it just happened naturally where we realized, okay, these whys, why I got divorced was resonating so much more mm-hmm. than the guy that stood me up from Bumble. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was just it wasn't even the same remotely. And it was a lot more healing to each of us to be able to sit down and like, okay, how can I put my story together? How can I try to really, really explain to people the pain that I felt through or the surprise or the hurt or the abandonment or whatever each of us had that traveled so far, um, just really, really connecting with people. And we were getting the comments back of how impactful it was. So we realized Mm -hmm. there was something there. And so it wasn't like one exact Mm -hmm. thing. It was just this slow, uh, but yet all the same time quickly. I mean, it was within weeks of starting to put these now posts up that uh, we think we figured out there's really something to this. And it's just been a really cool evolution that's happened organically. Yeah. And I, I love it. And I think one of the reasons you've caught on so much, at least that's why I started following you too, is you were not, you guys are not that social media group. That's kind of like the, the marriage or divorce dumping ground, you know, where you, you have that, those, you have the difficult stories. You're all sharing your, your vulnerabilities, your true feelings, the true hurt and the pain, but in a very compassionate way that clearly you guys are, you know, very, uh, you know, confident in who you are and in the realization too, that it does take two people to have contributions to a marriage. And even though one might've left it, it still is a product of eventual, you know, some kind of dual responsibility in this. And I think it comes through on your page as this is real. This is authentic feeling. This isn't a place where I'm going to feel worse about my situation, but in fact, I'm going to be able to feel better connected. And maybe I can have a a better life moving forward because of this. Thank you. We really, really, really do try the, the things that we say over and over are to heal yourself first. We say that a lot and you have to do that through, uh, you know, finding, uh, yourself, finding, um, admitting fault has a lot to do with that. Accepting who you are finding, whether it's therapy or, um, healing in some way of whatever that looks like. There's a whole umbrella of those things doing that. And then having the humility to understand that, um, you know, like you said, I played a part in this and I forgot what else I was going to say, but, um, we, uh, recognize, let's see, where was I that, um, with our page that, um, you really are, I, I cannot, I cannot think what I was going to say. So that, <laughs> that'll just have to be, I had some other, I was going to like, I'll do that one first and that one second, but it escaped me. So I wasn't supposed to say it, but, um, we really do want people to, okay. I know it was, we're not experts in anything, Amy, Daniel, Julie, Travis, the people that we, we ask the, I am not an expert in anything. I just know my story. So I just want to be able to say to the other people that, you know, this is what I've learned from my story 
story. This is what mm -hmm. I've experienced. I'm like you said, I'm happy to be share and be vulnerable about it and admit what I've done wrong to get to this part of my life. Please know that I just want to pay it forward and help somebody else not feel like they're going to live under the bridge either. Yeah. And so we rely on experts like um, you know, whether it's co-parenting or financial mm -hmm. uh, attorneys or therapists or sex therapists, whatever the gamut of things, please tell us because mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't know. I just want to provide a safe place for people to be able to express their story and just telling it. I think I've said that a couple of times, just telling your story, just, mm -hmm. you know, nothing is better. You know, we all, uh, especially you and I are both talkers, uh, you know, but it's good to say to somebody else, you know, just how'd you get there? How'd you get here? How? tell me about yourself and people, people enjoy, sometimes you have to work at it a little bit to get them to share their story, but there's, there's power in their words. Oh, huge, huge. And I think that that ownership of your story and that courage to share so that we can reduce the shame, because really at the end of the day, I don't care what ha like happened and that you're divorced. It's the fact that like, we get it. We're here together. We're here to support you. It doesn't matter at what point are you at fault or he's at fault or she's at fault. But this is a chance for us to learn and heal. I love that healing piece because that is massive. And, you know, you find so much power in other people who are also on that healing journey too. And you can just grow. And I mean, I feel like that's what life is about, especially in an opportunity like divorce. It's really about, okay, this is a springboard for change. I clearly need to do some change myself in certain ways. What can I do to better myself moving forward and, and give myself a better chance? So for you, you know, what, what ways do you feel like divorce changed you in the last three years since you've been divorced? I would say wholeheartedly that the last, especially the last four years of my marriage, I was figuratively and uh, realistically sleeping through my life. I mean, I was I definitely gave my all to my kids. They were my reason for being. I loved getting up when they got up and helping them get out the door, taking them to school, doing the things that I kind of wanted to do during the day and helping them with dinner and homework. And then I would just go to bed. I mean, it was, I just pretty much existed for them and didn't really, um, I had friends and things I enjoyed doing, but I didn't really pursue those relationships as much as I could or um, do now. So I had shut off a lot of myself. I had just kind of was just kind of going through life and I, I didn't really um, wasn't looking at my gifts anymore. Like the, the things that God had given me that I am proud to, to uh, you know, possess type of things, or I really can sense that I, that was a jolt of electricity when um, it all happened that day when he's when he told me that. But it, it just woke me up and realized, OK, I have a second chance at all of this. And what does it, it again? It slowly evolved. I didn't just the very next day like, OK, I'm going to start a business. OK, I'm going to go back to work or OK, mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a house and all, all the things that I'm so proud of now. It's it's taken um, a little bit at a time. And sometimes I still doubt myself or feel, um, you know, like I'm not doing as, enough as a 
person that walks the planet, you know, I'm, I'm a doer. So I always feel like, am I uh, giving enough back? Am I, am I doing mm. enough? And, um, but I've really, really strengthened my relationships with the people around me. I've never, ever taken them for granted. I, I was, but I wasn't maybe putting into them as much as I could mm. and just really living, trying to really be present in, you know, each and every day truly is a gift. And I, I recognize that I, I want to do what I can with the people and the time that I have to get back to that. So it's, it's helped me realize that, you know, 40 something, 50 something, even 60 something, that's still a lot of life left. Oh yeah. Yeah. So much. And I think that whole fear of, but I'm 40, you know, like my life is over. I, first of all, it keeps people from leaving unhappy marriages too. that fear, but you can really start over at any age. You know, what, what do you really need Besides the roof over your head, yes, so that we're not under a bridge, you know, in a cardboard box. But at the same time, emotionally, like we all have that power within us to really dig deep into redefining who we are and finding those gifts and that joy in, in our life. And it doesn't end at the, you know, the ending of our first marriage. Correct. And I realized I've always known I'm a people person. I, I've always uh, gotten a, a, like an, almost like an energy source from people. And I give it a lot away too of, um, but I really, I, when I, you had said that you were a, um, school teacher and you did that before, I believe you were a stay at home mom, correct? Mm -hmm. I did it after I um, had worked with kids when I all growing up, I was always babysitter, whatever. So whenever I knew I needed to go back to work, I um, taught kindergarten for a while. And I realized doing that just for a couple of years, how much their little light source, you know, their internal light, their full battery, they're just at full all the time. (laughs) And how much that was feeding into me and I was simultaneously doing that as we were setting up Divorce Door 40. So those were my days there for a while of just go to school all day. And that the second that I could leave, I would race off to either a meeting or um, a get together or whatever we were doing. I was really, really busy. Um, and how much that fed my soul mm-hmm. and needed that energy source from those little people. I called them my little people, but realizing how much that transfers to big people and that that is that is one of my gifts of realizing how much i want to be around people and be there for them and really um put that power put that gift into play and so it's i as i say a lot you know just from my mouth to god's ears i just want to continue to be able to do this and this platform has been just a gift to me personally i I'm looking for things to do. I'm looking for friends. I'm looking for people that, that understand what I'm going through. I need the experts Mm -hmm. just as much as all the followers I've, I've learned, I learned something every podcast show that I do. I'm sitting there going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. I cannot believe I didn't know this before learning alongside them. I'm happy to ask the dumb questions. And there's things that I've asked thinking, oh, I bet I know the answer. And I hear something completely different. And I'm like, how did I not, how did I not, I had, I'll have an aha Oprah moment. And right. 
and you know what, that's, that's what we're here for. So I, uh, as, as being people on this earth of just, you know, learning something new every day about ourselves. And I'm excited. I'm excited that I'm only 40 something I'll say, uh, and still hopefully have a lot of years here to, um, get to experience, you know, I, I want to fall in love again. I, I don't know if I'll, I haven't decided if I'll ever get married again. Uh, but I want a chance to take what I've learned and uh, recognize about myself and hopefully give, give back to that second person, you know, what, what I've learned and hopefully do better. (laughs) For sure. And I think, and, and surrounding yourself and creating this, I mean, obviously you love to help people and you love to connect with people and creating this type of platform so that people can connect with others like you who are like-minded and all sort of looking to better their lives and their path and their paths. How does divorced over 40 work? You know, we, you have a social media page, you're different though than most other platforms. And if you look at your website, you also have events. Like I even see you guys have a have a retreat, like where somewhere you're, you're coming up somewhere, you have got a retreat going on. So explain, yes. you know, to our listeners, like what divorced over 40 is in terms of like, how can they get involved? Where can they go and reach out? And because I know a lot of listeners here very much benefit from having that network of people that, that, that can get it. Yes, you are right. I see it on, I'm a, a part of a lot of groups and around a lot of people that, you know, if you move neighborhoods or you move cities, you know, how do, how do I make friends? How do I find new people? And a lot of people, when you get divorced, lose friends in the, you know, it's just kind of the nature of life sometimes too, but specifically in a divorce. So what we do with Divorced Over 40 is we are a great place to land, to learn from Um, whether it's still at the very beginning stage to even years out anywhere in between there, we recognize we are a good place to land. If you find us on uh, Instagram is a great spot to see on divorce at divorced over 40. You're going to see all of our posts each. We pretty much put out uh, content every day. That's going to be inspirational stories, um, expert advice, the uh, things that our own stories that we, the uh, contributors put out there. And then we also have lots and lots of groups. I will say on Facebook, we have our divorced over 40 page. We have a women's only page, a men's only a gen discussion. And then they're broken up by either mostly States, some are cities like Dallas and Houston are separate. There's a Columbus, Ohio. Um, there is a Cincinnati, but then the entire state of New York is one, the entire state of Massachusetts, Maryland and uh, Washington DC are together. So that's a little bit how it, they're set up on Facebook. So when you join Facebook, that's a place to actually engage with the other followers. That's where we encourage people to put up their own posts on their questions. Um, you know, I met a guy mm-hmm. and uh, blah, 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 blah. Or my uh, soon to be ex did blah, blah, blah. Or I don't know what to do about my house doing this. Uh, do I consult, you know, a plumber or, I mean, just every little thing that you can, then then there's a million more things under the umbrella of divorce that, and it might even be, then we realize with events, you know, what are people doing this weekend? So in our Tulsa page, we put up a poll and um, every, I think it's every Thursday that says, 
just in general, where are 3,000 followers right now in our Tulsa page, what all those people might be doing this Friday night. So, and then we organize in each and each of our city and state pages do the same. We usually host one monthly, sometimes two or three. It just kind of depends on the city or the organizers, the city ambassadors, we call them, but they are there. They, it's kind of like their little franchise of Divorced Over 40. And then they plan events. We've had things from horse racing to bowling to dinners, to brunches, to uh, going to yoga or hiking or Bible studies. I mean, there's just whatever people want to do, the human race wants to do, that we find a way to connect men and women through friendships. It's not a dating opportunity. It's Mm. just going and having fun things to do on your social calendar. And it's very inclusive. We want people to feel like come by yourself or bring a friend. We don't care if it's your first time or if you come regular as regulars, as we call them. We just want to see you and whether I, usually I go to a lot of the things, but we want, the idea is that it's not always 150 people Mm -hmm. at a meetup, a bowling, and we do that once a month, but we want people to then find little groups of of themselves that Mm -hmm. then we had a bowling night just last Friday. And usually we kind of encourage by going ourselves like, okay, we are going to go to this and this place after and go eat. And, um, I actually, uh, it was getting to be kind of late at night and I had a really, really early morning the next morning. And then, um, one of my other people, she had a date. So, uh, she, she and I were like, I I think they will be okay. They, and there was like four groups that all went to different places on their own and they went to restaurants themselves. They're, they're getting good at organizing. And it's, it's just men and women sitting around a table talking about whatever. And sometimes it's groups of women, sometimes it's groups of men and then co-mingled. But what makes us different is we're not only a social media place to land and connect and interact and give advice, and but we want you to meet in person because having a friend to meet for coffee is different than messaging somebody And just like, you got this. I mean, both are important and I don't discount either one, but there's something about sitting in someone's space Saturday morning for two hours Mm -hmm. and talking and then hugging at the end and like, okay, I'll see you next Saturday. And just knowing what that, that energy, that energy that I have described is what I want other people. There's something in the power of humans and we're put on this earth, not to do life alone. We are meant to have it in groups with other people in fellowship. So that's, that's what we aim to do. So hugely powerful. And I know that it's just like, obviously you guys have spread over to 55 cities, seven countries in the world, anyone out there who really wants to connect with others, because that's really hard to do when you've gone through divorce and you feel like you're alone. You know, you can look up, go over to the Facebook for at divorce over 40. Um, even on Instagram, there's lots of links there to be able to find your city, your group, and just start participating. I mean, it's amazing what can happen when we just start to engage with others in, and because it's a Facebook group, I love that it allows you to be comfortable to start that process. And then when you're ready to meet in person, and if you can, and you're, it's in your area, then that's fantastic. So I love what you guys are doing. I think that it's, it's so incredibly important. Um, and I can see it being a a massive, massive, massive success. 
Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. This was a delight. So thank yes, you. Yes, it was great. Thanks so much. And as you know, you know, I want this show to reach as many people as possible because changing the experience of divorce is a movement. And you don't have to be getting divorced to be supportive of this movement. So a couple of ways you can help the show get in front of those who need it, who need it is one, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Two, talk about us. Talk about us on social media. Share us with your friends. Share this with anyone who you know is going through divorce or even struggles in their marriage. And the third thing is just show up. Show up and be here with us and take it all in. Become informed, educated, and empowered to do your relationship and your divorce in a better way. And I really want you to not just be a passive listener here, but to take a little snippet from each episode that can either help you in your situation or help someone you know in theirs. So I'm so proud of the show that we've created for you and the lineup of strong, courageous, bold and daring like-minded professionals who get to meet with me every week and lead the charge in changing the experience of divorce. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Amy, for being here. And I look forward to seeing you all again here next week. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week.